Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would stand for just a moment for the reading of the Word of God, I will direct your attention and I am aware of the time and I will not I will not hold you long but I do feel the Lord spoke to me yesterday evening about this service today and I just I feel like I need to say what the Lord has given me to say Matthew chapter 9 Matthew the ninth chapter And I am going to read beginning in verse number 27, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27. And again with Brother Jay, we say thank you to all of you that are here. And any guests that we have are always especially welcome. And we do have uh, something in the office for those who have come visiting our church today. If you would see Sister Vicki or Brother Buddy after service, they would be glad to help you find the office and receive your blessing and everybody said amen you know what if i never went to greater life church i would want to put it number one on my agenda for the next week i really i would not because i'm the preacher but because i love this church amen i love this church i love god's people that are in this church some of the greatest people and the fairest people and the most non-judgmental people that I've ever been around in my life. And I like that. Amen. I've decided a long time ago, God is the judge. I am just here to be an encourager. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And the scripture said, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. According to your faith be it unto you. And everyone said amen. The message translation of this particular verse, that portion of scripture reads like this. Become what you believe. Become what you believe. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Faith is probably the most troubling subject in the entire scope of the spiritual life. I said this last week and I come back to it again today. There is nothing that troubles most of us anymore than when the preacher begins to preach about faith. As a matter of fact, when I begin to read my text this morning, there are perhaps some who no doubt thought in their minds, Oh no, not again. Because we have such a hard time thinking or believing that we have faith simply because we feel that whatever it is in us that we might call faith is never adequate enough 
we always feel like God is blessing somebody else and God is moving in someone else's situation, but He is stagnant in our own. And that is not the case, but that is often how we view life. But by faith, God, God did not intend for faith to be a troubling experience. Faith was not intended on God's part to be an issue in life that caused us stress and trouble. Faith, from God's perspective, was simply a bridge that was offered to you and I that would bring us to better things. That when we trust Him, and when we put our confidence in Him, that trust and that confidence will become a bridge that will take us to a better place. And so God never intended for faith to be the agonizing experience that so many of us go through sometimes when we hear people say inadvertently or ignorantly, well, if you just had enough faith, God would do something or God would heal you. I, I cannot tell you how many times I have heard that statement made in my own spiritual life and I want to grab somebody by the throat and say, you know what? You don't know what you are talking about, so shut your mouth. Amen. If you have enough faith, how much is enough? I mean, how much is enough? Is this much enough? Or that much enough? Jesus said, if you have faith as the grain of mustard seed, if if I held mustard seed up here, you can't even see it with the, the, with the naked eye. Must less me hold it here and you see what it is. But Jesus said, if you have faith, just that much faith, you can say to this mountain, be plucked up and planted in the sea, and that mountain will have to do what your faith tells it to do. So if this issue of having enough faith, the Bible tells me that God dealt to every man a measure of faith. So God put in every one of us the capacity to believe. He put in every one of us the opportunity to connect to something bigger than ourselves, greater than our problem, bigger than our own circumstances. And faith is not meant to be a troubling experience, but it is designed to be a doorway to promise and a doorway to God's power. And somebody said amen. In our text this morning, there is a simple yet profound truth that we become what we believe. We become what we believe. He said, according to your faith. Now, when I make that statement, I, I already feel the repulsion of that thought. It's already bounced off of some of you, and it's already coming back up here because in your mind, you're saying, Brother Hughes, don't, don't accuse me of, of not believing God. I'm not accusing anybody. I didn't come to accuse anybody. I'm just saying that according to that word that I just read, Jesus said, according to your faith, according to your faith, you are about to become your faith. And so 
what we wrestle with is the difference between our mental understanding of faith and our actual living out of the process of faith. And what we wrestle with here in our text is not the impression of faith or not the thought of faith, but it is the expression of that faith, the way that faith is lived out or the way that faith is acted out in my life or in your life. And the simple yet profound truth is that faith does not always look the same in everybody's life. There is no cookie cutter form of faith that we can stamp out and say, okay, if you have this, you have faith. Because in every one of us, there is a capacity to respond to that faith in a different way. And for each of us, faith, our faith in God, our confidence in God, our assurance of God can be expressed in a different way. And so the question that begs to be answered is, what does faith look like? When faith is acted out, when faith is lived out, what does it look like? Or as someone might say, how do you spell faith? How do you spell faith? Now understand that faith is more than just a mental thing. It's more than the activity of the mind. It's more than just something that you believe or something that you trust. For many people, faith is nothing more than an adherence to a creed or a dogma or a doctrine. And they accept that and they say, that is my faith. But that is only part of faith. That is not the heart of faith. And what I want to get to this morning is not what goes on up here in our mind. Not what you know or you don't know or what you understand or you don't understand. What I want to get to is what goes on in here in the heart. Because there's a difference between what happens up here and what happens in here in life. And it's not until you get the two of them together that you actually see the power of God manifest in your life and the miracle of God performed in that need in your life the heart of faith listen to me the heart of faith is not only trusting God is going to do it but it is willing to get up and follow God knowing that he is going to do it it is not only saying with your mouth, I believe, but it's saying with your feet, I believe. It's not just saying with your mind that I know God can, but it's saying with your voice, with your worship, with your praise that I know God can. And the longer I praise Him and the more I worship Him, the more I am showing forth my faith to God. Amen. What does your faith look like? Faith does not look and act and express itself the same for every one of us. There is no way to duplicate faith in any two lives because every one of us come at this from a different perspective. But faith lived out on a daily basis will look different in your life than it does in my life. 
Oh yes, we believe the same thing. Oh yes, there is a central truth that said this is where it begins. And God is the source of my help. And there is no other source. But how that is lived out and how that is acted out is different in every one of us. Faith does not always look the same. So please hear me this morning. There are too many people in this building even that try to force our faith into some mold that somebody else has predetermined. And when our faith doesn't fit into that mold, we feel like a failure. And the truth is what you need to do is just let God out of the box and let your faith show itself and express itself the way that is unique to you and you alone. In the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, it's the greatest collection of faith stories in the Bible. In that one book, we are taken from the beginning to the very now of life. And in it, there's a story of faith, men, women, people who lived and died and expressed their faith. And they lived out their confidence. They lived out their belief in God. And their expression of faith was different in every one of them. What it looked like when it came to the surface. What it looked like when it came out of their life was not the same for Noah as it was for Abraham. And it wasn't the same for Abraham as it was for Moses. But all of them lived and they died in faith. And they expressed their faith in a unique way way that was to them alone an understanding of what confidence in God meant. Listen to me. This is how Enoch spelled faith. W-A-L-K. Walk. The Bible said that God took Enoch because he walked with him. The way that Enoch displayed his faith the way that Enoch lived out his faith was to get up in the morning and put his feet on the ground and say, today I am going to do the will of God. Today I am going to follow God. I don't know where God has taken me. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But today I am going to walk with God. And he did it consistently. He did it on Monday and he did it on Tuesday. He didn't just do it on the Sunday weekend service services and then go back to another way of life on Monday but he did it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday Sunday, Monday, Tuesday he walked with God through every month of the year, through every year of his life he walked with God and that's how faith showed itself in Enoch, he walked with God he followed him Noah spelled faith P R E. P-A-R-E, prepare. God showed him what was coming. There's a flood coming on this earth. I'm going to destroy man and his wickedness. And what I want you to do is build an ark so that your family and anybody that you can get into that ark can be saved from this judgment. And so Noah began the task 
of building an ark. The Bible said in Hebrews 11 that he moved with fear preparing an ark for he and his family. He moved with fear preparing an ark. I'm telling you it was not an easy thing to do because rain had never come on the earth to that point. There had not been any cloud that had thundered and no rain that had fallen from the heaven. But God said it's going to happen. And so Noah built his life around that one simple word, prepare. I'm going to do everything I can every day that I can to make sure that I'm where I need to be whenever that day comes. I am preparing today for tomorrow. I'm not waiting until tomorrow to try to get everything right. I want to make sure I do it right today. Could I tell somebody here in this service this morning that the greatest way that you can show your faith in God is to start preparing for your future and preparing your family for a future instead of living in your selfish indulgence and your self-centered life. Think about a future that is ahead of you. Abraham spelled his faith O-B-E-Y Obey. Obey. Everything God told him to do, he did it. However strange it was, he did it. However difficult it was, he did it. Abraham, I want you to leave your family. Come on, Ur is not the land that I want. I want you to come. I'm going to take you to a promised land. And so Abraham sojourns with God. And he goes out of his homeland. He leaves behind his family, his connection, all of the friends and all that made up society and the social realm of his life. And he began to follow God, not knowing where God was leading him, but knowing God had spoken to him. And so he obeyed God. God said, I want you to come to this place. Abraham came to this place. There was a later point in his life when God said, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. God, how can you do this to me? He is my only heir. I don't have anybody else to pass on the lineage and you promise me. God said go take that son to the mountain and so without questioning God without arguing with God he spelled his faith O-B-E-Y he just picked up, he walked out He went to that mountain. He laid his son on an altar. And he raised a knife ready to obey God. And God said, you have proved to me that you believe me. Sometimes you spell faith O-B-E-Y. The two blind men of our text spelled their faith D-I-L-I-G-E-N-C-E. Diligence. You see, the Bible said they cried after Jesus, have mercy on us. And it doesn't say how Jesus responded, only that the next verse said he went into the house. Many Bible scholars believe that it was actually his physical home that he went into. But one translator said, Jesus went in and the two blind men followed him into his house. 
They were that diligent about their need. They were that diligent about their problem. When they came to the house, they didn't let the house stop them. They didn't let some kind of barrier or obstacle get in their way. They said, you know what? We've got to have an answer from God. And so they spelled their faith diligence. They just kept pursuing. They kept reaching. They kept believing. They kept saying, God, have mercy on us. The Syrophoenician woman, she spelled her faith W-O-R-S-H-I-P. Jesus said to her, I'm not here for you. I'm not going to give bread to the dogs. But she just kept right on worshiping through all of that. She may have been outside the promise as a Syrophoenician. She may not have had a right to what she was asking for. But this is what I've learned about the Lord. That if you have a need and you'll just begin to worship Him and you'll begin to love Him, God will not deny your request. I don't care who you are. If you'll just worship Him, you'll find an answer in the midst of your worship. Hallelujah. 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 The widow who came to the temple to give spelled her faith. G-I-V-E. Two mites is all that she had. And the others came by and they dropped in their money. I've read about it, this Bible history and Bible scholars say that most Pharisees made such a show and a pretense that they wanted everybody to know how much money they had dropped in. And so when they would come by the offering plate, whatever they had set up, they would take their money out in the bag and then they would hold it high so that it would make a lot of noise when it fell, so that everybody would know, man, that's an offering. And so they take the bag and they drop it, and whoever made the most noise, they're the ones that had the chest puffed out the biggest and said, ah, look what I did for God today. And right in the midst of that procession, there's this poor little widow woman that all she has to her life are two mites. She only has two. But when she comes by, she doesn't raise them up high. She just slips her hand down, drops them in and goes on and Jesus stopped the procession he stopped everything going on and he said let me tell you something about life let me tell you something about faith faith is not about giving out of your abundance faith is about giving out of your need it's when you don't have it but you do it anyway it's bringing that offering and saying God I believe you can help me and I believe this is what I need to do for you today you know what I've learned about life is that takers always seem to have problems and givers always seem to have promises. Swallow that one. Takers, all they ever have are problems. You know what I'm telling you? You get around somebody, all they are just, they're like, all, everything's got to come their way. But it's never enough. It's never good enough. You can't satisfy them. You can't make them happy. You can't make them smile. You can tell the funniest joke in the world. And they just look at you like, what tree did you fall out of? Takers. But people that give, they live on promises and they live in the midst of promises. Because they've learned something about God. You, you have to learn how to give before you can receive. 
Oh, yeah. You got to give before you learn how to receive. Because you really never learn how to appreciate. Well, let me rephrase. You, when you give, you learn how to appreciate what you receive. And so I say again, some people spell their faith G-I-V-E, give, give. There are those who spell their faith S-T-A-N-D, stand. Living through hell right now. The wiles of the devil are against them. Everything that can come has come. Everything the devil can sling their way, he has slung their way. Everything the devil can throw at them, he's thrown at them. Everything life can put in their path, it has put in their path. And yet they're here today. They may be wobbling, but they're standing. I may not be really jumping up and down, but I'm still standing. You you thought you took me out last week, devil, but I just showed up on Sunday morning to show you that I'm not dead, I'm still alive. Hallelujah. You may have stoned me and left me on the side of the road, but I crawled out from under those stones and I'm back here and I come to worship the Lord. I'm here. I'm standing. I don't have a lot to say, but I'm standing. I'm here and I'm going to stay here until God gets through doing His work in my life. That's how you spell faith. S-T-A-N-D. Just stand. Hallelujah. That's how you spell faith. You know how some people spell faith? S-E-R-V-I-C-E. Service. They don't have a lot, but they are givers. And so they find a way to serve the kingdom of God. They don't let their lack become an excuse for what they don't do. They find a way to use what they have for the kingdom of God. Some people spell their faith consistency some people spell their faith faithfulness they're not flamboyant they don't have the flashiest clothes on they, they, they don't always make waves when they come nobody rolls out the red carpet and the cameras are not flashing when they come in nobody turns their head when you drive that beat up old car by like they do when you drive that Mercedes by. Nobody's ooing and aahing over your house or what you own, but you're faithful to God. You said, you know what? This is not where my treasure is anywhere. This is not what I'm living for, God. This is just a this is just a transition anyway, and I know that it's going to change. I know what you've got prepared for me, and so they spell faith faithfulness there are some people who spell faith c-h-o-o-s-e choose there's sometimes in life you have to make a decision on whose side you're going to be on and where you're going to stand and and what you're going to be counted for and the bible said of moses when he went out and surveyed egypt and he saw that was there and he felt the pressure of egypt on him to become the son of pharaoh's daughter the bible said he chose rather to suffer affliction with god's people than to enjoy the pleasures of egypt for a season because he knew that what egypt offered him had an end to it but what god offered him had no end to it and that's why he said you 
you know what? I think I'm going to stand with God. I think I'm going to walk with God. I think I'm going to choose to live for God. Do you understand how simple faith is? Sometimes faith is just getting up out of bed in the morning, getting your clothes on, when your body's saying die, when your mind's telling you to give up, when everything around you is saying there's no hope. Sometimes faith is just putting your clothes on and putting your shoes on and getting up and walking out into the world and putting a smile on your faith and say, world, I'm still here. Hallelujah. Amen. Some people spell faith continuance. Continuance. They just keep on steady as you go. Amen. I love the the story of Christopher Columbus, the voyage to America, what he had set out to accomplish, moving beyond the barriers of the known into the unknown. There were a lot of dark days on the sea. There was actually a point in time when his own crew had decided to mutiny and they were going to kill him and they were going to turn back. And uh, he made it through all of that, discovered what is, was then called the new world and the rest is history. But listen to me. This is what is most exciting. In his diary, at the end of every day, no matter what the day was, if it was a stormy day, if it was lightning and thunder, the winds rolling and pitching, if the men were mad, if they were fussing at him, if they were cursing him, if they were slandering him, if they were mocking him, it didn't matter what happened on any day at the close of every day. The last thing he wrote in his journal was, and today we sailed on. And today we sailed on. That's how you get to your new world. That's how you get to something better. Today we sail on. Maybe a little battered, maybe a little weak, maybe a little torn. My mind may be troubled, and people may be against me. But you know what? I still believe I'm going in the right direction. I still believe I'm headed where I need to go. And so today we sail on. Do you know that there's some of you that spell faith H O L D O N, holding on? Yeah, you're just holding on, but that's all right. Sometimes faith just has to hold on. It just has to hold on. And you hold on until something better comes along. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I've told you the story before, but I'm going to tell you again. That's the privilege of being pastor. You can tell stories more than once and get by with it. I was preaching in, in Athens, Texas, and there was a, young guy that prayed through in that revival and was telling me I'd preached on diligence and determination one night and when I got through preaching he came up and he said let me tell you a story a friend of his <clears throat> had a a bulldog that he was extremely proud of he had taught him disciplined him and all of that and uh, he had him in the back of his truck it was one of those uh, country boy trucks, you know, with a headache rack and had a rope hanging on the headache rack for whatever reason. I don't know. But anyway, the dog was in the back and he's come here, man. I want, I want to show you my, my dog. I want to show you how, how he will obey. I want, he's so disciplined, man. I can tell him, come heal. He heals. I can tell him to sit. He sits. Shake. He shakes. He said, uh, just, just watch. And so he, he gave the dog a command and 
Man, the dog instantly turned and ran and jumped up on the back of that headache rack and grabbed that rope. There was a knot, grabbed that rope and just was hanging there. And he isn't saying just stood there for a few moments. That old dog's just still just hanging there, kind of twirling around. And so these two guys, I mean, that's impressive. I mean, I wish Toby would just obey me sometimes, but and I gave up on Tiffany. She just doesn't hear. Well, I won't say that, but anyway. They got to talking, and, and the, the man that was telling the story said, we actually walked away from the back of the truck and headed toward the restaurant to go eat. And he said, just as we started to go in the door, the man remembered what he had said to the dog. He said, hold, hold, hold on a second. I got to go back. What for? He said, I got to tell that dog to let go. He's laughing. He said, oh, what do you mean? And he came back, and sure enough, 10, 15 minutes had passed. That dog still hanging on waiting for the next command. That's the way sometimes in life you have to be. You just have to grab hold and say, you know what? I don't know where God's at right now, but I, I, know, I know He knows where I'm at. And so I'm just going to hold on. That's faith. Folks, that's faith. That's faith. Some of you are going through a hard time right now. Some of you are going through a hell of hells right now. Don't let anybody beat you down and tell you if you had enough faith, it would change your situation. Sometimes you spell faith, stand. Sometimes you spell faith, follow. Sometimes you spell faith, obey. But whatever that display, whatever that expression of faith, express it. Amen. You know where you're at. You know what you're going through. You know what hell's thrown in your way. You know what's gone wrong in your life. Let your faith out today. Express your faith in God today. Lift your hands and worship Him. Open your mouth and praise Him. Don't be afraid because somebody else isn't doing it. They, they don't have to express their faith the same way you express yours. But if there's anybody in this building that knows anything about what I'm talking about right now, you need to express your faith in God right now. You need to just open up your heart and say, Yes, God, I do believe you. I know that you have my best interest. And I believe you're trying to take me somewhere better. I believe you're trying to get me to a better place. I believe you're trying to help me to be a better man or a better woman a better mother, a better father a better wife, a better husband, a better person. You're helping me this morning to be a better man come on somebody lift up your voice with me right now and let's praise let's praise him, let's praise him, let's praise him